out here just in the nick of time. What does that make us? Big damn heroes, sir. Ain't we just? Hello and welcome to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM, the film and TV radio show where a handful of film enthusiasts shoot the breeze about all things film and television. I'm Marcus E. Ako, and a very merry new year to everyone listening. Hi, I'm producer Dave, and happy new year to everyone listening. Also, hopefully you had a Pretty wonderful how Christmas. Your, how's your new year? How's, how's the start of 2022 for you? Uh, fairly quiet, actually. I didn't watch too much in the way of fireworks. I watched a little bit of TV, had a few drinks, and then uh, went to bed. Mm, okay. Um, mine wasn't necessarily quiet. So I hung out with friends, family, um, stayed up till like nine the following morning. Uh, which is unusual for me as I'm getting on in age. I used to be able to do that all the time, no problem, but uh, my age is beginning to show and basically say, right, you need your sleep. So uh, I think 2022 would be the last time I'll probably do something like that. Going forward, I'll be being more responsible and, and going to bed straight after the fireworks at midnight and see how that goes. But um, it did give me the opportunity to, to catch up on a ton of TV shows that I have missed what I've heard about and you know that I want to talk to people about I want to start with you did you get to watch anything over the over the Christmas break that uh, you are looking forward to watching that you'd like to share with us well nothing new but something old that um, I was really into when it first came out called Babylon 5 I discovered one that they'd remastered the original series and I was stoked about that I was really happy about that because the original series when it came out in the 90s was groundbreaking because it had a load of CGI effects which uh, were brand new to TV at the time. So yes, I, I, I watched that. And then I discovered happily that they're going to reboot the series as well. They're going to redo the entire series. The original producer, writer, director of several episodes, he's rewriting the series to bring it up to date. And even even if he does that, it's going to be difficult to top the original because a lot of the subjects he uh, touched on in the series, the original series, are still relevant today, to be quite honest. Um, all the things that he discussed at the time have become more and more real now than they were then. It's just going to be a different cast. It's going to be a different um, storyline. But well, the storyline is going to be the same, but it's going to be different, if you see what I mean. They're going to rewrite yes. it so, to make it more uh, relevant. The effects will be a lot more different as well. It should be a lot more realistic if you watch the, watch the two. And one of the reasons why I loved Babylon 5 so much compared to all the Trek series and everything else, 
Babylon 5 was more like a book. It had a, a beginning, middle and end. Even though the, um, even though the uh, station, the, the channel, which commissioned it in the first place, completely ruined it by initiate, initially saying that they're going to cancel it after the fourth series and then changing their mind towards the end of the fourth series and said, no, you can have a fifth, the fifth and final series. Um, yeah. uh, so it messed up some of the storyline plots because he had to tie them all up. He tied them all up in the fourth series and then had to redo uh, some bits and pieces for the fifth. This one should be a lot better. But yeah, that's the reason why I liked it so much because it had a beginning, middle and end. Unlike Star Wars, um, Star Trek and what have you, which were more episodic. They meandered as far as I'm concerned. They built on mm -hmm. characters, they meandered. Whereas there was a definite driving force, Babylon 5, which I liked so much more than others. Like, um, what was it, Deep Space Mind, which is this nearest equivalent in Star Trek. You see, I oh, I I know Babylon Five is completely separated from this next show I'm about to, to say, but I whenever I hear Babylon Five, and I know you rave about about it quite a lot, it always makes me think of Battlestar Galactica, which uh, I know is a completely different universe, completely different set of series or shows. But every time I hear Babylon Five, my brain goes, "Isn't that Battlestar Galactica?" And I'm like, "Oh no, that's completely different." Have you seen Battlestar Galactica? I watched some of Battlestar Galactica, but I'd never got into it, uh, if you see what okay. I mean. I, I know okay. the premise and I know where it was going, but um, for the most part, those shows were episodic. That there was a beginning, but you know, it, there was no ending. With Babylon 5, you knew there was going to be an end. There was going to be an end and then there was going to be offshoots. With Battlestar Galactica, with Star Trek, it began, but then you just had episodes. Yeah. There, was no, there was never going to be an end. It was just okay. going to go on and on and on. That's fair enough. I mean, I, I've, I've heard people talk about Battlestar Galactica with great feeling, right? But Which then, one? Battlestar, the, the new version. Um, however, uh, obviously, every time they talk about Battlestar Galactica, it always goes off, the, the series actually goes off the reservation, if you will. I, I, because it just, what happens is, the, the, the whole idea is about uh, the, the humans are fighting these aliens that are called Cylons and they can replicate people and so on. And it just becomes a case of, you know, how to end it. And so it was a twist ending. Every episode would end with, this person is now a Cylon. This person has been a Cylon all, all the time. And if you really follow, you're thinking, well, how is that the case? Because, you know, they, the whole story building up to it basically meant that they weren't and so but anyway that, that's why some of the times whenever I think about it I'm like okay is this something is this a tv show I want to jump into or not so I'm I'm 50 50 at the moment because right now it's being advertised so I'm wondering whether or not I should actually go and check it out but you know at the end of the day we'll, we'll see what happens but let's let's move on let's talk, let's, let's talk about some of the stuff that I some I've seen at, over the holidays um I, because I like I was mentioning I've been watched a whole bunch of tv shows um, because they dropped around the Christmas time. And since, you know, we weren't doing the show and I wasn't working and so on and so forth, it's like, right, we have time to watch all these. And some of the things like, for example, Hawkeye, one of the new in the MCU that dropped, that um, dropped on Disney Plus uh, over the Christmas break. Uh, Hawkeye following the, um, the Avenger, Hawkeye, uh, it's the, is it the fourth in, I think it's the fourth in the MCU TV shows. So we had WandaVision, we had Loki, we had Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and now we've had Hawkeye. And I, Jeremy Renner smashes it completely. 
Um, you had Haley Steinfield come in as well. You had a whole bunch of other people. There's somebody who pops in again. I'm not going to mention who that person is, but when I saw that person pop up, I I cheered in my in my seats. Uh, but so it's, for me, Hawkeye, great. I really really enjoyed it. Watched it with family. Family completely enjoyed it as well. Other show I watched season two of The Witcher. Um, Bruce Dave, have you seen The Witcher? I've started watching it. I haven't I haven't finished watching the first series yet. Okay, so I've watched the, I've watched the first season. Love the first season. It's based on the uh, the novel. It's based on a novel, which was then turned into a video game, which was then turned into a TV show on Netflix. Uh, first season I thought was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I've read the one of the first books. I preferred the first season to the book that I read. The second season dropped around Christmas, and I binge watched it. And I'll be completely honest with you, it didn't hit those buttons. Um, uh, Henry Cavill is still fantastic as uh, Geralt, uh, the Geralt, the, the the White Wolf, if I'm not mis mistaken. He's a Witcher. Who, a Witcher is basically it, it's set in in a fantasy universe uh, where you have monsters and dragons and and beasts and and you have these people called witches who are essentially uh, genetically modified um, humans that have been imbued with magic and wizardry and science, etc. And their mission is basically to go and kill monsters. So that's what they do. They're like, um, they, yeah, they're like bounty hunters, except they kill. They, they go out, they go from village to village and they kill monsters. And we follow Gerald, who is uh, played by Henry Cavill. That's the one thing that's consistent. He is fantastic as that character. Um, but so I watched that over the Christmas, really, really enjoyed it. Uh, BBC did uh, a, an adaptation of uh, Around the World in 80 Days with David Tennant playing Phileas Fogg, is Phileas, Phineas Fogg. Um, and it's an eight part, um, eight part series. It dropped on Boxing Day, I believe. Uh, you can get it on iPlayer. And I really, really enjoyed it. Um, David Tennant, he can do no wrong for me. And so anyway, those are just a handful of, of the TV shows that I binge watched over the Christmas break. I could go on. I, there were much more that I watched as well. I rewatched some old stuff, but uh, you don't want to keep hearing me rattle on about that. You're here listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.5 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And on our show today, we'll start off in the film and TV section. We'll start off with it, the last episode that we did before we broke for Christmas. We talked about the most anticipated movies of 2022. Uh, now I'm going to talk about well, the, we, um, film and TV news. We'll talk about the most anticipated TV shows that are coming in 2022. I'll pitch some of them to David Campbell, see if he uh, is interested in watching any of these uh, TV shows. And then we will do in our spotlight section, we will do, we'll talk about, and we said we we're going to do this last week uh, or last um, episode. We're going to begin with our spoiler episodes. So in the in the spotlight section, we're going to start spoiling some of the MCU movies, and we'll start with the season with, with uh, Phase Four. And the first film we'll pick from Marvel MCU uh, Phase Four will be Black Widow. So we'll talk about Black Widow, um, our thoughts and feelings about it. We're going to go into spoiler territory. We'll talk about things that happen in the film, just so that we can get it out, get off our chests, and talk about it in an open context. But before we go and talk about Spotlight, let's do film and TV news. Hey, 
episode of 2021, we talked about, um, we went on ranker.com and looked at the at 46 anticipated movies of 2022. Today, we're going to look at, at screenrant.com's most anticipated TV shows of 2022. So we're going to go through some of these I've heard about, some of these I haven't. Uh, we'll jump into it, we'll talk about them. I don't see any, like, you know, um, returning TV shows. So it's not a case of, oh, you know, season four of this or season five of this and so on. It's just talking about original or the debuts of these shows in 2022. So we're going to go through this and we'll talk about some of the ones that we've seen and uh, see how we go from there. David, I'll ask you if you're interested in seeing these from the pitch that Screen Rant have done. So producer Dave, are you ready? Yep, fire away. This is ScreenRant.com's most anticipated TV shows of 2022. The first one they have on the list is How I Met Your Father. Um, so a lot of you remember uh, the TV, the sitcom How I Met Your Mother. This is a spin-off from that, which is How I Met Your Father. Uh, and it says the spin-off will focus on the character of Sophie, played by Hilary Duff in the, in, in the TV show. Uh, and it's basically following Hilary Duff and Kim Cattrall in the future. So Kim Cattrall, you know her from Sex and the City most, uh, most prominently. Uh, she is basically telling her son how she met his father. It's essentially the same sort of format, except this time it's a mother talking to her son about how she met the son's father. And Kim Cattrall plays the older version of the mom and Hilary Duff plays the younger version in the present timeline. So that's coming up in January. It's from Hulu. Producer Dave, is this something you think you might want to watch? Um, considering I wasn't that interested in How I Met Your Mother, I, I might give the first couple of episodes a look at, but uh, if it goes the same way as How I Met Your Mother, then I'll bow out quite quickly. Fair enough. I'm with you on that. I mean, I, I liked some of the actors in How I Met Your Mother. and In fact, I liked majority of the actors. I liked um, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. I liked um, Kobe Smulders and and not Alison Hannigan, I think it's Alison Hannigan, yes, from Buffy. I liked some of the actors in it, but I never really enjoyed watching any of the episodes. So yes, I think I'm with you on that one. Next one that you have on the list is Lord of the Rings from Amazon Prime. So for season one, it's going to be eight episodes of Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's set to take place in the second age of Middle-earth between the events, of, before the events of the books and the movies. So, and it's going to be shot in New Zealand, um, the, I think it's going to be directed, or season one is going to be directed by, oh, actually, no, it's not going to be directed by uh, Peter Jackson, but I'm sure he's going to have a hand in it. And it, as I said, it's set before the movies. So I'm presuming that it's actually going to be before The Hobbit. So we most likely won't meet the characters of Bilbo, and we might meet Gandalf, but we'll probably meet Gandalf the Grey, and so on. But it's going to be set before uh, The Hobbit movie. Producer Dave, is this something you think you might want to watch on Amazon Prime? Probably we'll have a look at this, yes. Yeah, this one I'm, this one I'm definitely going to have a look at. I'm not a huge Lord of, the Rings, uh, Lord of the Rings fan, as in by huge, I mean one of the person who can quote all the lines. I enjoyed the movies. I didn't go back and re-watch and re-watch. Uh, but yeah, I, um, I, I definitely will watch this on, when it comes on Amazon Prime. It's supposed to be coming in uh, on the 2nd of November. So I'm oh, sorry, 2nd of September. 2022. So still a long way to go, but we'll see when it comes. Uh, next one on the list is something called Daisy Jones and the Six, also on Amazon Prime. This I have never heard of. And it just the um, blurb says, uh, Daisy Jones and the Six miniseries 
produced by uh, Reese Witherspoon's company, Hello Sunshine, is based on the 2019 bestseller novel of the same name, which focuses on the legendary fictional rock band, The Six, and their collaboration with solo artist, Daisy Jones. So this is something that's gonna be uh, obviously sort of like a period piece in the 60s in, or 60s, 70s in um, Los Angeles. I may catch this on Amazon Prime. I doubt it though, because it's gonna be coming out around November time. You know, I'm gonna, I'm most likely gonna be binge watching a whole bunch of other TV shows that have come out during the year, especially the movies. I'll be catching up on all, all the MCU stuff that I haven't watched on uh, yet. But from that blurb, producer Dave, is um, Daisy Jones and the Six. Is that something that sounds like uh, something you might want to watch? Yeah, I'll have a look at that. Okay, well, fair enough. Now we're going to dive into something that I am absolutely 100% going to watch, and it's on Disney Plus, and it's Moon Knight. So this is the uh, the story of the six episode. The, the story of the six episode show will follow Mark Spector, played by Oscar Isaac. Take already. Uh, he's playing Mark Spector, an ex-marine with a dissociative identity disorder as he is chosen to be the host of Egyptian moon god, Khonshu. So I've never really heard about this character before. I'm learning about him from the MCU. Uh, so he's going to be part of phase four, and they're introducing him through, the, the, through Disney+, Plus, which, if, when we talk about Eternals, is something I would say definitely they should have done, rather than using it as a movie, they should have introduced Eternals through Disney Plus, the same way they're doing Moon Knight. But that's another story for another day. Producer Dave, is Moon Knight something that you've heard of and something that you think you might want to watch when it comes out? Yeah, in the dim and distant past, I have heard of Moon Knight. So I never knew what the origins were. I never really got into the comics. So yes, I, I will definitely have a look at this one. Okay. They haven't announced when it's going to be released, but it's going to be coming out in 2022 at some point. The trailer has come out. I like to avoid Marvel trailers. I haven't seen the trailer for No Way Home, Spider-Man No Way Home, even though the movie's been out for a while. I, I, we were lined up to go and see it, but then um, Omicron hit and we were like, ah, which, which should we go and see? Should we go and, should we, what should we go and do? Should we go and see Spider-Man No Way Home and potentially risk Omicron? Or should we just stay at home and wait till it either comes on box office or Omicron disappears uh, and whatnot? And I, I'm telling you, we took a vote in the house and it was very close. It was like Brexit. It was very close where, we, but, but the, the party that won were the ones who said we should be safe. So um, still haven't seen Spider-Man No Way From Home. So I'm constantly avoiding Twitter and Facebook and YouTube that have spoilers uh, are plenty. So, uh, but yes, this one is one that as soon as it comes on Disney Plus, I'm definitely gonna be watching it, no problem. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. And I'm producer Dave. And we're just going through film and TV news and we're talking about ScreenRant.com's most anticipated TV shows of 2022. Uh, the next one is going into another major franchise, Star Wars Andor, which is also going to be released on Disney+. Plus. They've recently uh, uh, released um, the Book of Boba Fett, which is kind of in the in Mandalorian, you know, it's the spin-off from Mandalorian. If you haven't already seen Mandalorian, again, that was one, uh, obviously Mandalorian was 2021, finished that second season. Great show, follows uh, a character in the Star Wars um, universe. Uh, but now Book of Boba Fett follows the character Boba Fett that you first met in um, uh, Empire Strikes Back. 
He's the one who captures Han Solo, puts him in carbonite, and at the beginning of the uh, Return of the Jedi, gets swallowed up by a Sarlacc in the Sarlacc pit. Um, at the very beginning, when Luke Skywalker comes to rescue Han Solo, they throw him in the Sarlacc pit and he gets devoured by this monster. And everybody thinks, well, that's the end of Boba Fett. But obviously, for some reason, with the small amount of screen time that he had in those two movies, he made a huge impact on the general Star Wars fandom. And he was one of the coolest characters considered. And so it was, it was inevitable he was going to be brought back. He was brought back in The Mandalorian, uh, as in the actual character was brought back in The Mandalorian. Uh, and now he's got his own spinoff where he's basically taking over from Jabba the Hutt. Uh, and that is, that's what it, first episode has come out. It is, it is the same level of quality as The Mandalorian. It, it, it literally, it looks like you're watching an extended season of The Mandalorian. The same sort of style, uh, style technique, um, uh, scoring, the, the way the credits roll at the end where you see the animated storyboard of what the episode should be, the same as with The Mandalorian. Great show. I, I'm talking about a completely different show <laughs> instead of the one that is being anticipated in 2022. But that's The Book of Boba Fett. It's currently out on Disney+. Plus. Go check it out. Anyway, 2022, Star Wars Andor. This one, Diego Luna is reprising his role. If you saw Rogue One, um, in the Rogue One movie, the movie that was set just before the beginning of A New Hope, where they go to get the plans for the Death Star. So that's the Rogue One film. Um, so he, Diego Luna is coming back. He is basically playing Cassian Andor in a 12-episode prequel to the Rogue One story, and it'll serve as an origin story for the hero in Star Wars in that Star Wars standalone movie. So this TV show is, it seems, it's just going to be one season run that will focus just on that one character and you know, the exploration of him and his adventures as part of the rebel fighting force. Producer Dave, were you a big, are you a big Star Wars fan? Do, is this a TV show that you might want to watch? Firstly, no, I'm not really a big Star Wars fan. However, I did see Rogue One Star Wars stories and of all the Star Wars films I've seen, that is one of the best. It, it really Perfect. was standout as one of the best. And because of that, and because, of, because it's going to have the same star in this, I will, I will more likely watch this. Well, since you, you said you're not a Star Wars fan, the next show that's coming up is also in the Star Wars uh, universe, but this one is focusing Obi-Wan Kenobi. So that's the uh, TV show, Obi-Wan Kenobi, also going to be shown on Disney+. Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen will reprise their role as Obi-Wan Kenobi and as Darth Vader, respectively. Um, but not a lot has been is known about the show. It's most likely, I believe, going to be set after Revenge of the Sith, but before um, New Hope. So I think, um, it, you know, that, so after the prequels, but before the originals, uh, that's when it's going to be set. That's just my opinion. It might be, they might say, actually, no, we're going to use it as the adventures of Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. We'll see how that goes. That's going to be coming out sometime in 2022. It hasn't been uh, released when that date will be, but as soon as it is, we're going to tell you about it. The next one is moving away from the Star Wars universe is moving into the Game of Thrones universe is House of the Dragon, which is a prequel to the Game of Thrones TV series. However, I've heard rumors that it's actually been canceled. So I'm not entirely sure if this is actually going to be seen, but this is the prequel. Um, it, apparently it's already been shot, it, but there's no release date has been set. I heard a rumor 
that it may have been cancelled already and as such, or maybe they might just release the first season and that will be it. It's not going to be continuing from there. But uh, producer Dave, were you a fan of Game of Thrones? And is this something that you might be going in to have a look at? I like what I saw of Game of Thrones. I didn't watch them. I didn't watch all of the series. If this comes out, then I will certainly give. I'll certainly watch it. Okay. Um, the last one we'll talk about on the Superman.com uh, website. They have more films that they, that they are there, or more TV shows um, that they are anticipating. But we're just going to cap this particular segment with this one. And then we'll move on to our spotlight section. And this one movie that's coming out is She-Hulk, which is also on Disney+. Plus. It's also part of the MCU, where they're going to be introducing the character of She-Hulk. So it's a 10-episode legal dramedy, that's how they describe it, which will see Mark Ruffalo reprise his role as Bruce, Bruce Banner. Uh, and it'll have Tatiana Maslany from Orphan Black, uh, who will play his cousin, Jennifer Walsh, becomes She-Hulk. So this is also going to be introducing us. So if I remember correctly, and they, obviously they might change the um, the storyline, but from the original storyline, from what I used to read back in the back in the days when I used to read comic books, if I'm not mistaken, she becomes She-Hulk because she gets in an accident and she needs a blood transfusion, and Banner comes in and they do blood transfusion from him, and that's how she becomes She-Hulk. Her version of She-Hulk is permanent, if I'm not mistaken where it's kind of like Professor Hulk. If you've seen Endgame, it's more version of Professor Hulk, where she is fully conscious, she still has, uh, or she is the merger between the Hulk and the person, and they're the same person. That's who she is constantly, uh, and she's a lawyer. So that's why they said legal dramedy. Um, so she's basically going to be representing people as She-Hulk. Um, producer Dave, have you heard of She-Hulk? Is this something that you might want to watch? I have heard of She-Hulk, and I'm I'm glad they're giving Hulk a series, even though it's part and parcel of She-Hulk, because he's the one character in the MCU that hasn't had that much time on screen, if you see what I mean. It's funny you say that, mainly because there have been two prequel movies, or two movies with the Hulk, and it's like, well, he hasn't had that much time. But I, see, I, I know exactly what you mean. Um, obviously, the first one was not part of the MCU canon, the one directed by Ang Lee, that had Eric Banner as Bruce Banner. And then the one that was part of the MCU canon, which was played by Ed Norton. So every, it seems everybody else, actually not even everybody else, the significant person within that movie that carried across into the regular MCU is William Hurt. He was the only <laughs> one that carried across. Everybody else got dropped off um, in the MCU um, franchise, if you will, uh, because Mark Ruffalo then picked up the banner. Yeah. Hey, picked up uh, Bruce Banner and mm. his and I, I out of all of them, I do prefer Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner. He balances that very well. Um, so yes, I'm looking forward to watching She-Hulk, not just because it's part of the MCU, but because it's it's a character I like. Hulk, I yeah, I have a very very good connection, very close close personal connection with the Hulk superhero, and I'd love to watch this spinoff, just as you said have his own TV show where he has room to breathe and, uh, and grow and, you know, pop up more often in, in, our, in, our, in our vision. Uh, you're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus Diaco. I'm producer Dave. And this is Spotlight.
So we're now into Spotlight, and as we mentioned earlier, we're, we're going to be trying something new. We tend not to spoil uh, movies on this show, but we're going to be doing, uh, especially specifically for the MCU movies. I know there are a lot of people who are probably going to be going, no way, no way, but that's why we're keeping it at the Spotlight section, which is towards the end of the show. So you can basically say, right, you listen to everything else that we talk about, and then we'll get to the spoiler section, and then we'll skip. So what we'll do, again, to get you to listen to our show a little bit longer, we will do a little bit of non-spoilery talk to begin with, and then I, we will mark exactly when we're going to do spoilers, and then we will uh, end when we're, we will say, right, for the next 10 minutes, we'll discuss the, the film without doing major spoilers. Maybe we'll not put a time mark on it, but we'll use the major klaxon. Producer Dave can have a klaxon or something that will announce when we're not doing it anymore. But I guess if you're not listening, how are you hear the klaxon? So just ignore everything I've said. What we're going to do is we'll do a klaxon just before we do spoilers. And then you can say, right, I'm switching off from this point and not listen to the rest of the show uh, and then jump in the next week and we'll see where we go from there. We're going to be jumping into uh, phase four of uh, the MCU. Um, a lot saying that people would say, why not go for the first movie and go all the way back then? That was 20 years ago it started. You can actually do that. No, we want to start from phase four and move our way in. And we're going to be starting with Black Widow. So, uh, first of all, I just want to check. Producer Dave, have you watched Black Widow? Yep, I've seen Black Widow. Fantastic. That's good. So, Black Widow. What We're going to give a quick um, synopsis of what Black Widow is. Then we'll go into sort of how it ties back to the other films, how it ties into the MCU universe at the moment, the Mar Marvel Cinematic Universe. And then we'll dive into spoiler territories. Um, uh, we can, we'll talk first about what we liked about the film. Then we can talk about what we didn't like about the film and then talk about the film overall in terms of was it a good film, was it not a good film, and so on and so forth. And then we can wrap up the show. So Black Widow, it was, it is... Uh, based on Natasha Romanoff, the Black Widow in The Avengers. Um, those of you who've watched Endgame, spoilers mentioning, uh, the character of Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, dies in Endgame. So some people might be thinking, well, why, how come she's popping up with our movie? Well, this movie is actually set before the events of Infinity War. In fact, it is placed in between... Um, Captain America Civil War and Avengers Infinity War. So it's the time in that middle space right there. Um, so essentially, for those of you who have been following the films or not been following the films, uh, uh, after Civil War, American, uh, uh, Captain America Civil War, uh, the Avengers essentially split into two different groups. One group led by Captain America, they go on the run because they don't want to sign the Sokovia Accords, which were set up by, which were set up, uh, you know, to get, you know, metahumans and people with superpowers to register themselves and basically become sort of, uh, you know, in under the control of the United Nations. Um, the other group of the uh, Avengers, led by Tony Stark, Iron Man, he wanted, they wanted to sign the Accords because they felt they needed some sort of governance. Captain America did not want to do that because he did not feel that the Avengers should be under any control of any, uh, any organization because 
that in that situation, they then become, uh, you know, they're, they're not basically making decisions for themselves. The way he put it, he put it a lot more eloquently than I did. He said, what if they want us to go into a place that we don't want to, or they don't want us to go into a place where we do want to. So he put it along those lines. Anyway, so that's what caused the rift and the Captain America team split off. They go on the run, including Natasha Romanoff. Um, so, but we don't get to see any of the other Avengers in this film. We only get to see uh, Natasha Romanoff and her family. So we basically get to see Natasha Romanoff while she's on the run uh, and she ends up in Europe on the run as well. But then we get to see some of, we first see a flashback at the very beginning uh, where she was a kid. We see her history, how it, she leads in, becomes a Black Widow. And then we skip that bit and jump to present well, again, not present day, but when she's on the run with Captain America, and then uh, her past basically catches up with her, and we get to see an experience that she has. She has to deal with some issues uh, that she had left behind as Black Widow before they get resolved, and then she goes back and joins Captain America, and then Infinity War happens. So I'm doing all of this bit without the spoiler part, just so that we can talk about it, and then we can do the klaxon to then move on from there. So, uh, producer Dave, first of all, let me just let me ask you: from my description, do you feel I've given a good enough synopsis of the movie Black Widow? Yeah, you have. Um, you, you've mentioned the family. You didn't mention who were part of the family because that's important. But you'll, I'm, I'm guessing you'll come to it. Yes, I'm coming to that in a second. I just wanted to give a quick little summary as to the film before I start diving into. Uh, you know, the details of uh, the uh, of the film itself and then start talking. So from this point onwards, we're going to be doing spoilers for Black Widow. So there's a klaxon. Here's what it sounds. <coughs> from this point onwards, we're going to be talking about events that happen in the movie of Black Widow. So just as a quick uh, run through, and I'll do a quick plot synopsis or not synopsis, I'll say I'll go through a run through of what happens in the film. So as we said, starts off with an image, you know, the a, a scene that sort of sets us up with who Natasha Romanov was when she was a kid. Um, we see her and her family, and I'm putting that in air quotes because she's actually part of a Russian uh, spy family set up or embedded in America. We get to see her dad, played by uh, David Harbour. Uh, he is Alexei uh, Shostakovich. Shostakov. Let's just call him Alexei. So Alexei plays the dad. Um, uh, we have the uh, Rachel Weiss who plays the mom, uh, Melanie Vostokov, she plays the mom. And we have uh, Yelena who's played by Florence Pugh, who's the younger sister. Now, they're not blood related. Obviously, they're just this uh, fake family that have been put together by the Russians and embedded in America. Their op gets blown, so they have to escape. They jump on a plane. And you get to see uh, Alexei, the father, demonstrate some Captain America-esque skills. And by that, I mean, essentially, he jumps on a plane and the plane flies all the way to Cuba. And you see he's fast, he's strong. So you can tell that there is some elements uh, that have been given to him to increase his own strength. And that's basically what we find. We find that basically he is an enhanced, is a super soldier, enhanced, not to, not as good as Captain America, but as we've seen throughout the rest of the MCU, 
um, the um, super soldier serum has been worked upon by numerous people later on if you watch some of the other shows like Falcon and Winter Soldier you find out that it was actually replicated but at that point it hadn't been replicated fully but Alexi who becomes what's referred to as the Red Guardian um, he is sort of like half Captain America if you will or Captain Russia if you want to put it anyway so that's how the movie starts um, they get to, they fly to Cuba they meet up with their handler played by Ray Winston uh, Ray Winston is obviously Handmaid's uh, Drakov, I believe that's his name. Um, he is the handler of the family. Because they've finished their op, he splits all of them up, taking the two girls, Natasha and Yelena, and he basically throws them into the Black Widow program. Then we have the credits, and we fast forward through the credits, and it's literally just uh, like a fast-forwarded um, timeline as to what the Black Widows are, how they get embedded in different parts of the world, in different missions, and so on and so forth. You see that um, Drakov, he has also been embedded in different places because he's obviously a, a, a Russian super spy handler. Then we skip to what is technically in the film present day, even though it's set between uh, Civil War and Infinity War. And we see Natasha on the run from General Ross, which is... Um, the general who is uh, Bruce Banner's nemesis, if you will, talking about this earlier. Uh, so General Ross is leading the, uh, the pursuit to catch those Avengers who have escaped, Captain America, et cetera, et cetera. And we see him chasing Natasha, but Natasha, obviously super spy, evades uh, their pursuit and loses them completely, goes to a different part. I can't remember exactly where she went to, but I would, let's just say um, Eastern Europe, somewhere close there. We then cut to Yelena, a grown-up Yelena, um, and obviously we see Yelena, who is now a Black Widow herself, with a group of other Black Widows. They're chasing one rogue Black Widow. Uh, Yelena catches up with this Black Widow, who just before Yelena stabs her, she breaks open some red mist in her face, and it seems to snap Yelena out, out of what is what seems to be some sort of um, mind um, control state that she's in and she comes she comes to to see that this person who's a friend she stabbed she starts to panic that she stabbed her and the girl gives her a whole bunch of more tubes with the red mist to say go and free the widows and then the friend dies Yelena then takes the the, the vials and she runs away now fast forward we get to see um uh, Drakov sending the black widows and one other one new character Taskmaster those of you who are familiar with a taskmaster, you know who he is. He's a specialist. Taskmaster is a special assassin. We'll come back to that in a second. Um, we see Taskmaster watching a lot of the Avengers, you know, uh, uh, video recordings of the Avengers fighting and picking up on their style, etc. Now we flash to to Black Widow, who has met up with one of her contacts, played by Ot Fagbenle. He's a great actor, British. Um, he's fantastic, Rick Mason. He is basically a fixer or he finds stuff for Natasha. So she's asked him to try and get some equipment and hide out and whatnot. We see her hiding in some location. And then she, along the way, she gets a package that has been picked up from Budapest, delivered to her, which is the vials, right? The red vials and with a note. And just as she gets the package, she's driving and she gets attacked by Taskmaster. Taskmaster attacks her, tries to get the package, but she manages to take the package and she disappears. 
Taskmaster fights her the same way Captain America would be fighting her. So he, uh, Natasha notices the, the tactics used by Taskmaster are very similar to the fighting style of Captain America. So Natasha now goes to a uh, safe house in Budapest where she runs into Yelena. And we obviously, this is where there's a big reveal that it's their sisters, but we pretty much already know that from the beginning. And just as they are talking about the vials, they get ambushed by more Black, Black Widows as well as Taskmaster. And Taskmaster destroys a whole bunch of stuff, but Yelena and um, Natasha manage to escape. They talk more and you know that's where Yelena then explains to Natasha that Drakov has basically been brainwashing the Widows. And basically the red mist is what um, snaps them out of this brainwashing, et cetera, et cetera. And their plan is to try and stop um, Drakov. However, they don't know how to find Drakov. Uh, and so the only way they can find Drakov is to reunite with their father, the Red Guardian, Alexei. But Alexei is in a German, he's in a gulag, right? In a Russian pr uh, prison. So they go, they break him out of the Russian prison. Um, and he says, well, he doesn't really know how to find Drakov. However, the mother would know how to find Drakov. So they go and find Melina, Rachel Weiss, um, in her own little house. When they find her, they become a whole family unit, a bickering family unit together. They fall into that whole family style, even though the two daughters are really angry at their adopted parents, if you will, adopted parents, because of what was going on. It turns out that Melina has still been working with Drakov and has actually improved on the whole men, um, mind control aspect. Um, but she regrets what she's been doing because she's seen how the effects have affected all the Black Widows, especially her adoptive daughters, etc. Um, but she's already signaled to Drakov, so they are coming to arrest all of them. So they do arrest all of them, they capture all of them. However, when they take them, they take them into Drakov. The reason why they, nobody can find Drakov is because Drakov has his own sky triskelion or whatever you whatever um, the shield had, you know, their floating um base the air base or whatever that's where drakov has his own air base in the sky and they all go up there long story short they break out of prison they fight with taskmaster um taskmaster is revealed to actually be drakov's daughter whom natasha in one of her last or in fact her first missions for shield when she was defecting from being a black widow to defecting to join shield was to kill Drakov. She, ex and you see a clip of this where she tries to blow up his office with him in it, but his young daughter's there. And Natasha uh, kind of sees or envisages that she's actually blown up the daughter as well. So she, one of the things that she's always talked about having read in her ledger is the fact that in this mission, she killed uh, Drak uh, Drakov's daughter, but it turns out the daughter's not dead. The daughter was severely damaged and injured, and Drakov has mind control and added. I think just more. It's more mind control rather than um, uh, implants and whatnot. But he's basically mind controlling her to become Taskmaster, this lethal assassin that has no compunction as to doing anything except following her father's orders. Anyway, that's revealed. It's also revealed that Drakov has this special thing that he's conditioning that he set up, which is a pheromone conditioning where the Black Widows can't actually attack him because once they're near him and they smell his pheromones, they are prevented from attacking him. Anyway, um, they, all the family work together, 
they destroy the the, the air carrier. Um, Yelena blows up the helicopter that's carrying Drakov. So Drakov dies. They fall through the air, except Natasha rescues Elena. Um, uh, 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 Melina and uh, Alexi are in a plane, so they get rescued. Taskmaster fights with Natasha on the ground. When they finally land, they fight together. Natasha manages to um, dehypnotize Taskmaster, and as such, Taskmaster kind of forgives her for, you know, whatever, because she apologizes as well. Um, and then they leave. Yelena goes off with the remaining Black Widows who have had their memories or their minds controlled. They've now been reverted back to normal. And uh, Yelena and those Black Widows and Alexi and, and Melina get in the helicopter and they fly off because obviously Natasha apparently is supposed to get caught, is about to get caught by General Ross and his team. But then it flashes to two weeks later. She's obviously escaped whatever capture has happened. And she meets up with Rick Mason, Otifak Benley, who now has a Quinjet for her because he acquired a Quinjet and basically hands it to her, which is where she then flies off to go and meet Captain America to continue with the, with the series, which is where we then flash to Infinity War. Then in the post-credit sequence, we see Yelena at the grave of Tasha, because as we said, after Endgame, she does die. So we see a grave there and we see um, Yelena there and this other character called, ooh, um, I'm gonna forget, I'm forgetting her name. First see her in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, Valentina, that's it, Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Um, so she is, so far, she's just a shadowy figure. We've seen her first in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier TV series where she recruits the, We'll say we'll call him Discount Captain America because if you've watched Falcon and Winter Soldier, you'll know what I'm talking about. And he, she's in there. She recruits him for a shape, shadowy organization that she's part of. We see her at Natasha's grave with Yelena. It seems they know each other because obviously it seems Yelena is now on a, a gun for hire, and uh, Valentina uh, hires um, Yelena under the guise of the fact that. She says, you can go and kill the person who killed your sister. And she shows a picture of Hawkeye. And that's where we end the, um, the film. We will talk more about how that connects when we do a spoiler for the Hawkeye TV series that has just gone. So that essentially is the plot of Black Widow. You're listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Marcus E. Ako. I'm producer Dave. Producer Dave, do you feel I covered the plot of Black Widow, I guess in its entirety, was there anything significant that you felt I missed out in the plot? Not significant, no. Um, so first of all, I will start with what I, let me, let me, let me in fact, let me throw, because I've been talking for quite a while. Producer Lavey, let me, let me throw it to you. What did you like about the film Black Widow? Um, I like the fact that it focused on Black Widow. I like that little snippet of the supposed family and um, and I like some of the, the unintentional comedy as well, especially with Red Guardian. Um, he, he was he was quite funny. <laughs> some of these scenes were quite hilarious. I absolutely agree. I I think um, in terms of characters that smack it out of the park. Obviously, Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanov. 
I can't, I, I'm sure I can think of other people who can play that same role, but she just does a terrific job. She's, she, she is Black Widow. She's fantastic in that role. She continues to be fantastic. However, Florence Pugh coming in as Yelena is, um, she's just, she's just perfect. She's pitch perfect for that role. She uses, uh, she has where she does the, in fact, she has the Russian, and I'm putting Russian in air quotes. She has the, the Hollywood version of the Russian accent um, that she uses, which is, which for me reminds me of uh, Jodie Comer's accent in Killing Eve. So when I hear her talking, I'm immediately thinking Killing Eve, and I love Killing Eve. So Florence Pugh just really slays this character as Yelena. And there's a running joke um, that Yelena keeps doing where she keeps mocking uh, Natasha about her uh, poses. It's like, it's like whenever she doing, when she's doing a fight, she always does a certain pose, her landing pose. What is that? Is who she trying to model for? And she does, and she, the way she describes it, every time she does it in there, in, in the film, it's just, it cracks me up every time she does it. And it's just that re recurring joke. So I think she's brilliant as well. You're right. I agree with you, Dave Harbour as uh, Alexi or the Red Guardian, just he's, he's the he's comedic, um, he brings comedic value to, or he, he's the comedic input into the film and he, both he and Elena, uh, Yelena working together, just smash it. They're fantastic. So those, the, them in particular, and whenever, whenever that family are together, I loved the film. So I, I would watch more and more of the family being together because they added, drama, they added comedy, uh, action, all of it, all those three that the family produced in spades. That for me was what was great about the film. Um, I'll put the, the three things in particular that I didn't like about Black Widow. First of all, I, I love Ray Winston. Whenever he pops up in anything, I think he's great, but he's always the same person and his Russian accent did pull me out. But even still, his character as the villain didn't work for me because of a number of things. I mentioned the whole pheromone thing. That was weak. For, for a superhero movie, it was ludicrous. It was just, it, it, it just didn't work. They've had better villains. You had Killmonger, you had Thanos, you had Loki. These are all excellent. Hela, even Hela, I think is a great motivated character. Brilliant villains. They could have made a better villain. That's one thing that I didn't like. Second thing that kind of irked me was Taskmaster. The, the history of Taskmaster is the fact that he was actually an ex-Shield agent and his skill is that he can watch you fight and essentially mimic your moves, which is what makes him incredibly difficult to fight. So that's one of the things that makes him a formidable uh, opponent. Here, they still kept the whole idea of what it was, but it kept him silent. They kept her silent, um, and it just it just didn't really resonate. I just I was like, okay, I, I have no problem with the fact that they switched it to her, but don't make her a mindless drone. If anything, keep her with the motivation of wanting to destroy Black Widow or destroy Natasha because of what Natasha did to her. Anyway, but then the, that was. I guess those were the main things that really kind of irked me about it. Um, and the last little bit was, I mean, it just didn't, they couldn't really do much with it because we already know that she's going to die at the end or in, in future movies. So, you know, a lot of it was, okay, we just need to try and fit this little puzzle piece right in here. And from what I can see, 
the movie was just a way of giving Natasha her own film and introducing Yelena, who we can just anticipate again because of how well Florence Pugh just crushed the role that she's basically going to replace Natasha Romanov as the new Black Widow in Avengers. She deserves it because she was fantastic in, in the movie and in the Hawkeye series. Uh, spoiler, sorry. <laughs> if I haven't... It, well, I said spoilers, so there's going to be spoilers for that movie as well. Yeah, to be quite honest, they spoiled they spoiled the Hawkeye movie anyway, uh, the TV series anyway, by that post credit scene where they, she was sent to... Yes, the fact that you see Hawkeye's picture in there, then you know that obviously she's going to pop up in the series. So there you go. Um, so so yeah, so she's fantastic. So but those were those were my main gripes with it. So in terms of the three uh, phase four movies that have come out, uh, where we have Black Widow, we have Eternals, and we have Shang-Chi and Legend of T uh, Ten Rings. So far, for me, in the three of them, I think I mentioned this the last time we spoke, um, Shang-Chi is my favorite of the films that have come out in phase four. Black Widow is a second, and Eternals is a distant third. So that's why I'm hoping the next time we have a conversation, maybe we'll have a conversation about Shang-Chi. It still had its flaws. However, I can excuse its flaws far more than I can excuse Black Widows, even though I think, well, Black Widows is a film that came out, it was good. You know, Natasha smashed it. Um, Florence Pugh smashed it. Dave Harbour smashed it. Um, uh, Rachel Weisz smashed it, uh, you know. But it, it, was a, it was a throwaway movie. I think that's the main problem I have with it, to be quite honest, now, right. that, now that I come to think of it. That Black Widow movie should have been done near the beginning of phase three, to be quite honest. And, and Black Widow was disrespected from my point of view, because there was a lot more to tell about Black Widow. There's a lot more yes. about Black Widow that we don't know. And we will never know because she's now deceased. Right. Had they done... Mm. Had yeah. they done that before, right near the beginning of phase three, they could have built more of a character into the, into the series. And yes. then you could have had a bigger sense of loss when she went. Absolutely. And you know what? You know, in, the fact that you said that, in fact, I agree with that. And what I would say is, even if they didn't, even if keeping it as it was, right, um, and they, they, they decided to do the Black Widow movie now, even though we know that she's died, I think they should have actually set it not when they did, but they should have gone back and set it to that period before she defects from being a Black Widow to become S.H.I.E.L.D. So it's essentially that period where, you know, where you bring in Hawkeye, you bring in Hawkeye, you bring in Yelena as well. You have it where it's a case where, you know, that, you know, that little parting bit that she's done with Yelena, maybe that actually happens when she defects to join S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and that's why they split up, right? They, because they're no longer together. Because essentially, we, you, you know, Natasha has not spoken about her family throughout any of the films at all. It's always been made that she doesn't have a family. But then they have to retro all this stuff. They have to re retcon all of this stuff to put the family in. However, if you put it at the fact that, you know, we're watching this Black Widow movie, in that, let's put it as a week, the week that she defects to S.H.I.E.L.D., right? You essentially have her as the bad Black Widow coming to terms with who she is and why she doesn't want to be a Black Widow anymore. 
And then Hawkeye steps in and, and has been sent, because the whole idea is that Hawkeye was sent to kill her, but he changes his mind and he says, actually, instead of killing her, let's turn her. And then, they, so have that. That should have been the Black Widow movie, right? Because then you have this character, you're, you're seeing the, the change, the arc, where she changes from being bad Black Widow to good Black Widow. You can see, and then, the, and then you can have where she kills Drakov, right? Maybe she kills Drakov at the end. That's when you're building to how bad this guy is. And her final turn to become to that is she kills Drakov. Um, she then has to split off and maybe Yelena and, um, and Red Guardian and the mom, they help her, but she has to now, because she's going to go defect to join the Avengers, but the others, they don't feel that that should be right, that they're not, they're not going to defect to Avengers. They want to stay and build back, you know, what Russia is supposed to be. So they're going to be, because, you know, essentially you're saying, right, you know, you don't want to say that Russia is a bad country, right? Whatever, however you want to be political about it. But you're just basically saying, no, actually, they want to stay back and make a better Russia. Natasha is going off to join the Avenger, or join, to join, not to join S.H.I.E.L.D., to make America a better place. Hey, I'm babbling with my words. But that should be what splits the, the, the family up, you know, whatever. Because now you've got to the point where now she steps in and she becomes S.H.I.E.L.D. Then we do that jump in the final sequence where it's she's at the grave, and at the grave, Hawkeye's picture gets presented to her, and she actually, she, you know, because she knows who Hawkeye is at this point. Hawkeye is the person who took her sister away. Do you see what I mean? So it's the sense that you're building it where she has been separated from her sister because now she's joined S.H.I.E.L.D., but Yelena stayed back to fight for Russia, and then now the sister's dead. She doesn't want to blame the fact that she joined S.H.I.E.L.D. Essentially, Hawkeye represents S.H.I.E.L.D., who took her sister away. That's the reason why. Anyway, that... So, you know, whatever. I didn't, I watched it. I enjoyed it. I have my critique, um, but who knows? Um, when we come back, when, when we come back with the next spoiler, which I think we're going to be doing, uh, as I mentioned, we'll do Shang-Chi and The Legend of uh, Ten Rings, and then we'll do Eternals. And boy, do I have more to talk about when we talk about Eternals. You've been listening to Shoot the Breeze on Resonance 104.4 FM. I want to thank you all for joining us in this new year, 2022, listening to us, me especially, ramble about stuff that we like and not like. Um, <laughs> Resonance 104.4 FM for giving us the opportunity to keep uh, broadcasting our show um, so we can keep talking movies. If you want to you know, give us your own inputs, your own opinions about Black Widow, about Shang-Chi, about the Marvel Universe, about the new, de the, um, uh, the anticipated TV shows coming in 2022, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at STB underscore Resonance FM or on Instagram. Love Instagram, Shoot the Breeze Show. Just send us a message, let us know. We'll give a shout out on the show. I have been Marcus E. Ako. I'm still hey. producer, Dave. <laughs> hey, thank you very much for listening. We'll speak to you all next week. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>